Welcome to Enter the Matrix, a light-hearted look at the Warhammer 40,000 World Team Championship series of events, focusing on their captains, the teams involved, and the players themselves. What's up, guys? My name is Anthony. I am here from on the Stat Check Network. You know us pretty well, at least me and today Innocent as a guest, because this is a brand new show. Welcome to Enter the Matrix, where it'll be me and my co-host. Oh, I had it right the first time. Typhus will be uh, that's, talking that's to correct. some of them. Yeah, I had it. We got it that way. <laughs> um, me and my co-host Typhus will be breaking down or talking to a lot of the WTC captains and going over the wtc last year for 2022 we'll go through you know the ups the downs how they felt what they were going felt going in what they felt during the event things that happened throughout uh, this will be released as bonus content for the stat check patreon members a little bit earlier if you're watching it that way sweet if not you can see this two weeks sooner by jumping on our patreon which is at stat check or patreon.com slash stat check i think that's right um and if not or in the links the below yeah, in the links below will be the main thing. Um, so, yeah, welcome to the brand new thing. Very excited to be doing this. Typhus, you want to introduce yourself a little bit so that people will know who you are and why they should care about you? Should they, though? They should. They really should. It's really <laughs> okay, important okay. that they do. Yeah, well, that's reassuring. <laughs> but, Basically, they should yeah. be more about what you have to say than what I have to say. <laughs> uh yeah, so I, I've been playing at WTC ETC for ten years now. So it's been dude, a while. Dude, what's your what's your name? <laughs> oh you 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 want my full name. Yeah, like, just yeah. kill the reserve like, and you do the easy intro, man. <laughs> you wanna... No, no, come on, come on. Like <laughs> if I wrote down my full name here, you would just struggle. Like literally that's a thing that I do when I meet new people, and it was a case at WTC as well. When I was playing against certain players, I would just give them my ID and tell them to pronounce my surname. And if they managed, I would buy them a beer. So thankfully, I so bought it's, zero so beers. It's, it's Typhus yep. or Typhus. Yeah. So I, I think Typhus is, is the easier way. Although I regret being 13-year-old fuck who decided that choosing a character from Chaos Space Marine book as my nickname would be fitting. But you cannot undo what has been done, so... I get to now. leave my bad decisions. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I've been playing at TTC, WTC 10 year, for 10 years, not always as a player. Sometimes I was a referee. Once I was in the mercenary team. And uh, I was at WTC, TC podium six times uh, wow. <laughs> uh, total in my life. Uh, and what else? I'm, I'm a referee for most of the UK events. So I have plenty of time to shit talk with Venus. <laughs> uh, so and actually talk how money is dog shit at the game and stuff like that. It's all, it's, it, it's, it's always enjoyable. So um, yeah, so, something else to add. I'm also Polish, so I'm cheap labor. So it's true. He's literally doing this for free. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
it's a fair price after all. Yeah. <laughs> you get what you pay for, they say. And then for this one, we paid quite a bit and we get more than we bargained for. Sure. <laughs> uh, and uh, maybe instead of doing like only introduction, I think me and Anthony, we had a conversation about it, that it would be quite cool to actually get more coverage from like other captains yep. from WTC, because you mainly see like two, three countries online. Like you obviously, nowadays you obviously see Aussies, you see some of Team America, but to be honest, I don't think either Team America or Team UK want to actually talk about this year after how disgraceful it was for them. Uh, so do you actually listen to maybe us or Aussies? Yep. And I think it's kind of a shame because every country has a different approach to it. And I actually enjoyed talking about it at WTC and we spoke about it, uh, you, Anthony, and me, we spoke about yep. it. And we actually figured like our approaches are so different that it's actually cool to hear out how people see see this as an event and how they approach the preparations because we are quite serious in Poland about it. And we like our whole year revolves around it. And I was actually curious how you guys and other teams would do it. Yeah. So the idea here is that we'll be breaking through, kind of going over like all the individual details of like what a team does going into an event from the perspective of usually a captain. We'll most likely have a captain on from a given country. Um, if we can't get the captain, we'll talk to someone else that helped a whole bunch with the prep. Because like Tevis was saying, like when we talked about like the different prep that we went through for the event, it was like night and day. Obviously, the US team is definitely known for not being the most teams focused of the nations that attend. At uh, least you are humble. Yeah, at least we were really humble going in. That's right. Um, whereas like, obviously he's the Polish captain and they do, like you said, their, their whole year's circuit is focused on it. So we're going to talk to a bunch of teams, find out a bunch of things. And today we start with one of my co-hosts on the main show, Ennis. Ennis, you are. Yeah. You guys know him. You may or may not love him. You probably like him a lot. I don't know if, if he's ready to be told he's loved. Uh, Definitely not. Yeah. It makes him uncomfortable. That's for sure. So... Walk us through it, bro. How is how did you feel now? Let's start with the easy thing, right? How do you feel about how the year went in the WTC this year now? It sure was a good learning year, which is what we knew it was going to be okay. coming in, which is such a cop-out statement, and it really is. Um, we, we came into this knowing we're not going to do great, and we didn't do great, but we also did worse than we thought we were going to when we weren't planning on doing well. So... You know, there's 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 layers to you know. We came here to ex to try and like get some experience. Um, coming into this year, our goal was, you know, we wanted to go four and three. We figured that was that was a, a fairly good chance to go for a positive record. Um, we're a team that's done very well in the past. We've had a literal third place. Um, we've also had some really bad years. The year immediately after our third place, I think we came twenty sixth. So we definitely have our highs and lows. Uh, yeah, no, I know, right. <laughs> Uh, we definitely had our highs and highs and lows as a country, uh, but we were trying to come in. We've had a, a bit of a rebuild. COVID took the wind out of our sails a lot. And we lost a lot of our veteran players, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, you get rid of a lot of the people who were just doing WTC because they do WTC every year and you get a lot of people in who are new and hungry for it. 
So we came in with the expectation that we would, you know, try and go positive. The goal was, you know, four and three, three, three and three, three and one was like, you know, we thought that was fairly reasonable. We ended up going two wins, two draws and three losses. Uh, I'm not unhappy with any of the teams we lost to. I'm a little unhappy with the teams we drew to. Um, that's just kind of the nature of those things. And looking back on it, um, we learned a bunch of stuff and we I'll run through some of the, the cool things that ended up happening after the fact a little bit later uh, when it comes up naturally. But um, there's definitely been a lot of players that have come out of it who I'm looking at them and I'm like, yeah, next year you guys are going to do fucking great. Uh, and then there's been a lot of other bits where I'm like, yeah, okay, this did not work. And maybe I should have been a little more hands-on with that, been a little less laissez-faire. Um, I, I tried to be a little easygoing this year because I there was a, a big kind of sense of I can't push these guys that hard this year because they don't know why they don't know why I'm pushing them. They're just resenting it. Uh, I don't know if that's what they've experienced, but that was kind of how it felt from my side was if I keep pushing these guys, they're going to just break and they're either going to not go or they're just going to give up and tell me to fuck off, which is not great. Uh, I don't think that was actually would have happened for many of them, but there was definitely an aspect of um, are you guys really trying as hard as you could have been? Uh, are you guys getting as practice as you should have? And coming out of it this year, I think the people who did do that uh, and the people who didn't do that, the people who did try their asses off, looked at each other and went, oh, we're not we're not playing for the same Scotland right now. Um, so that's mm -hmm. been kind of the big thing. And then I've been working with my vice captain, Chris, uh, who is a different Chris to my vice captain last year, to work on how we're going to do the process for this year, um, which is hopefully we're going to make some changes that will make this a thing of the past and we'll go back to getting podiums. Because I've tasted oh, it yeah. once, I can't. I, I need it again. I I I, I got to get that hit, man. <laughs> but now you yeah. now you do not have Blackie, so we will not see Scottish bear ass on the podium. So I can't promise that you won't. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if Innes makes the podium, you might get some. <laughs> please no, please no. As I but... blind everyone in the room with my pale, with the pale white glow of the moon. <laughs> but yeah, Innes, you were saying that you actually had like a system previously i guess like with choosing your players and now you want to approach it differently could you like expand on that so not so much the system we have for picking players i still like the system we have for picking players uh, which i'll run through i suppose um we pick our team based on we run an independent ranking system so outside of like the itc uktc which is tailored for uh valuing scottish events because we want to have our community be incentivized not just players who can go down to the big English events or travel across to america or whatever so we have a we have our own itc for our own version of the itc rankings um which the top three players from that rankings all qualify for the team so if you are one of the best the best three players in scotland um then that that's a way you get on the team um we've never had any real issues with that um there's definitely because we're such a small community you tend to you know the, the same players tend to win a lot of things um so it, it's never been an issue with that i know you could definitely see a little bit of that if you had a big community where you know there's an elder three players play eldar and they all play the same thing and they all win three tournaments and they all qualify and then you have problems with that that's never come up um it's kind of academic if you're a good enough player to win over the course of a year you're probably good enough to change armies if that if it really comes to that so that's fine uh those three players then pick two players from the top 10 of our rankings uh, those become the five. Those five pick two more from the top 20, I think it is. And then those seven then pick one more. And then if the captain's not chosen at that point, the captain becomes the non-playing coach if they want it. And then the vice captain, the same. And then that's it. That's how we pick the team. Uh, as captain, if I don't qualify for the team at any point of that process, I don't get a say on who the team is. I work with what I'm given. Um, it's a system that's been in place for before I, before I started. And that's not part of what we're looking at changing. I really like the system. I think it gives... Um, it gives newer players who've not kind of hit that click of knowing who the WTC guys are in Scotland 
the opportunity to go and do really well at a bunch of events and say, look, you guys should be paying attention to me. Um, but it also maintains that selection process where we can look at and we can go, okay, yeah, we're not going to pick person number four because he does just play the same armies as one, two, and three that we've already got. We'll go, you know, we'll go for five and six or we'll go for six and three or whatever, you know, however that process works out. Um, but you, you end up with guys who are playing a bunch at tournaments, picking the team, which is kind of what you want. You want the guys that are doing well and you can do the eye test. You can look at a player and be like, yeah, you're not winning everything, but you're really good at your, you're really good at your role and we can use that. Uh, so that was how a couple of the players this year, like Matty, got picked because he was really, really good at getting very good points in matchups that he probably shouldn't get good points in. Uh, but he wasn't winning a lot. But we grabbed him anyway, and he's done really well this year in terms of developing and growing. And that was what we were set out for this year. So that part I don't want to touch. The part I want to deal with is the like after we've picked the team, how we make how we get practice and um, like we didn't do any of the TTS scrims this year, uh, which were a big thing for a lot of countries that did really well. Uh, we did none of that because a bunch of my players just didn't play TTS. Uh, and I'll include myself in that. I was not a big TDS person. Um, so th those are the kind of the processes that we need to be working on, not the selection. The selection I'm happy with. Okay. And, and then following up on that, you said as a captain, you, so when, when do you choose actually the team? Like what, what is your deadline? Because we have kind of similar way of doing this in Poland because during COVID, like the selection team would choose all eight players. But uh, if we have a proper tournament here, we have our version of ITC rankings, which is better because it doesn't matter. It doesn't count attendance. It's just flat out points for different tiers of events, which I think is a better way to do it. But uh, what I'm trying to say in all of this is that we choose those. We have, for example, top three players, but they are included in the team automatically. But then we choose another five. And those five can be chosen as late as in like May, June. And I'm wondering how it works for you, because obviously for us, we, we can afford booking flight like one week before, one, two months before, because those aren't extremely expensive, for example, for us, I guess in US is completely different thing, but I know you're not from US by the way. <laughs> um, but I'm wondering when do you actually choose like the so our usual process so we used to pick our team in january um it used to be there used to be uh two big events one in scotland and one in the north of england uh, and those the, the winner of those two events the top the top performing scottish player was was the two players on the team and then they picked from there with the captain and we changed that system because it was really dumb um for a lot of reasons um winning winning an event does not necessarily mean you're good enough for, or you're qualified to be picking the team um so we went from that, which picked in January, and then we moved our selection process forward to October because we wanted more time with the team selected to um, not so much like pick lists and factions because that, as everybody knows, that changes on a dime. Um, but we like to have the team solidified pretty far in advance um, with like one or two backups in the case of drops. Um, for that reason, because we have we run a separate event or we're part of a separate event series uh, called Home Nations, Six Nations, whatever it's being called this year, which is... Um, an event that's run by one of a rotating series of captains from uh, the British countries and then the Republic of Ireland and Belgium. Uh, we run, so we the event moves between the six countries, host each year. Uh, I hosted in Scotland last year. So we have that, which is usually April, May time. And we want to be a cohesive unit by the time that comes around because that's really good practice because we have our eight playing team. We play five other playing teams and we've been inviting other teams additionally. So we had um, Denmark and Sweden over this year for practice for that. Uh, so we want to be ready for that. 
so that we're then ready for WTC. So we, we tend to pick really early. We don't lock anything down for a long time after that, I wouldn't say. We lock factions. We lock factions over that like in March. Um, so we've just got five months of you've got people you practice with uh, now uh, and you're in that team mindset. I don't know how much it would be a case of like we could probably do, you know, we pick 16 players and we will them down like what Canada does. Uh, but having that set of you guys are eight, if you guys want to, you'll be the eight playing in August um, gets people's mindset in the right place for us, we found. Because it can be pretty loose otherwise when you're just like, yeah, you guys are still trying it for Team Scotland. You've been trying it until May. Uh, we don't have that sort of stringent um, context that you guys have in Poland where everything is centered around it. Uh, it's still a lot of singles and, you know, having mm -hmm. that focus where you say, no, you're now a WTC player. Your focus is on this. Really, I've, I found it helps. Uh, it helps a lot more than when we pick the team four months later uh, with saying, you know, you've got a bunch of events in November and uh, like October, November, December tend to be um pretty busy months or october november at least for events and saying you know you're going to start playing your team list now um gets people in that mindset for us which i really like personally so you, you haven't encountered like loss of motivation between players or players dropping suddenly because of the addition changes oh, yeah absolutely that that definitely happens um we've had players drop like over the years i've been part of team scotland since 2016 uh we've had at least one drop a year every year uh, it, it's just kind of something that happens. Um, players find out they're moving country. We had a player who ended up having to uh, be on a six-month placement in Africa during WTC this year and couldn't make it. Um, yeah, he worked in oil and gas, so he just, just couldn't do it. Um, another player another player had a medical emergency, so we pulled in a replacement, and then we pulled another replacement. Sometimes those replacements go great. We ended up pulling in Brian, who was one of our better performing players this year, uh, off of the back of somebody else dropping um, because he wasn't somebody that was on our radar in October. Uh, he wasn't somebody that was really on our radar until Le i think what was eventually. it leicester coventry yeah less leicester that he won which was about a month after selection for us which is definitely a downside so if somebody comes out the woodwork and wins a super major um i'm not expecting that to happen many more times for somebody to win their first event and have it be a 200 player super major but you know maybe it does <laughs> I, yeah. I, I was asking because we had situations where actually like new player would sur surface around april may and it would turn out that in two months time we could actually get him on like national team level to be like mm. playing with me vladi etc on, on like similar skill level so that for me i was wondering like how much do you actually care about like team cohesion over like the best players in that sense because it can it can be more putting more emphasis on actually the team cohesion as you are saying right so the year we did really well we were a solid unit that we, we had i think that was the only year we didn't have drops that i've played and we had the same team through from day one like that we picked them in october and then we all played or i think it was november at the time whatever and we played as a team through home nations and then wtc we had uh our captain actually stepped down that year uh, he went from playing to not playing before home, just before home nations uh, and then we brought in our, our our coach to play. And that was the best year we've ever had because we, we all knew exactly how each other played. The pairing process was pit was absolutely piss easy. Um, we could all rely on each other to do things. And then in other years, we've had separate issues where, you know, the, you pick the team because it's the best players and the best players don't get on and you have arguments in the hotel room afterwards. Um, and I know that those are both extreme examples of it, but that that's what happened the year we went from 3rd to 26th was we had that team that gelled and then seven of the eight players and none of us gelled 
uh, and the team fell apart. We've never had this case where somebody comes out of the woodwork in April and we can suddenly make them amazing. Um, me is probably the last time that happened, where like I kind of started winning a bunch of stuff a couple months before selection, but wasn't really you know available. Uh, I, it was like 2016. I was you know first year of university. I couldn't have afforded to do it anyway. Um, that was probably the last time that we really had that show up. And then Brian this year. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something that could happen, and I think we would approach that on a case by case. But it's a lot. Of, it's a big commitment traveling abroad for us, especially if you're going to like Eastern Europe. You know, you're looking at flights, hotels. Uh, Belgium is probably a bit easier because it's cheaper last minute. But yeah, getting everything in place is not cheap for us. Um, so yeah, there, there's there's pros and cons. I feel it. I've never seen never seen it happen. Yeah, no, I, I can I, when you guys go from traveling to Serbia to traveling to Belgium, it must be a, a big difference. Yeah, at least for the for the guys who are actually still uni students, we right. we are actually like offering them zero interest rate loans so they could afford to go. So right, it it can be fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the the year the first year I coached, my team paid for my flights. Uh, it's just like they all they all chipped in like thirty quid to pay for my flight over to Spain. Um, yeah, the, the that part of the community thing is also the uh, you know the we've all been playing together for six months. We all want to help. We all want to help each other and see us get there. That, that helps out. Um, yeah, I, I could definitely see a situation where we we move to a later selection. Uh, I was considering moving it back to January this year, and I might do that next year if I'm still captaining because October does feel pretty early. Um, now some people are still like I don't know how about you guys but I felt so burned out after WTC that actually October seems really early for me like yeah no it definitely it's definitely been weird coming straight out of WTC into planning for selection for the next one yeah um, but there's also the aspect of I, I've come into it with like everything is ready I know exactly what went wrong and I can go straight into it so there's you know, how much I value my mental sanity versus how much I value coming into it with a fresh understanding. Uh, and I'm choosing not to value my sanity because I play for a game. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the, it's weird for the US team because like three or four of us are like hungry as fuck and talk every day about it. And then there's like, you know, some some loose unknown right now. So we're trying to like figure that out so we can like actually properly plan. Because um, for those of us who were like devastated by our result, we're like, real eager to get back after it and not let that happen again. But then, you know, like there's some people that are, you know, probably not playing the team again next year. Or just were like, all right, that was cool, but not for me again. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how it all pans out. Uh, big, big watch the space for the U S boys. <laughs> oh, I can't see, I can't wait to see what you guys do. You guys, we, we had this really good thing for a few years where wherever the U S was, the U the Scotland was probably like two places behind them every year. Uh, but we'd never played. Uh, and then twenty, and then the year you guys won, we came third. Yeah, the year you guys won, we came third. Um, so it was like, yeah, hell yeah. And then you guys like came fifth the next year. We came twenty sixth. It was like, oh, we fucked oh. that one, didn't we, boys? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we were real close. We were like almost as good as them most years. No, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking scrubs. Down the ladder. Yeah, it's so, 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 really so. hard to climb back up that ladder once you're off it. Yeah, that makes sense. So I, I will follow up on that topic of like choosing the team using the rankings because we actually had so much thoughts about it in our community. Uh, do you feel like in any way it impacts those people who are chosen in October, what they play and how they perform in your own events and how this would impact them being in the team 
next year by your ranking. So what I'm trying to say is that, for example, you have someone who, let's say this year, was chosen because he was in top 20, but he was barely in top 20, but he was good. And then he realized that he can only choose to rather go to, for example, Six Nations, few of your team events instead of grinding your rankings again. And then you realize that he might not get into the team because he wouldn't be in the rankings. But like skill-wise and the games he played on like WTC Home Nations, he wouldn't be uh, like available by your rule set. Yeah, no, that's so, fair. So, have you encountered that? So there, there were kind of two two layers. That the first one is um, our eighth slot. So we do, you know, we do the three, the, the five, the seven, and the eighth slot can technically be anyone. Uh, it can be a mark if we want to, which I don't think we've done since like 2012. But if there's somebody that we want, we we have the capacity in the eighth slot to take them if they can if we can make a case for them. Um, so they don't. It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody. Uh, we also we only set the bar at four events, and we're not a big community. The rankings is only like forty players. So if you've played four events, you're probably in the top twenty, um, unless you've done like utterly diabolically, uh, which yeah. So so there's kind of a couple of fallback cases there. It's never it's never come up. We've definitely had like you know player number fourteen is somebody who's been on the team before, had a bit of a year where they couldn't play a lot of events or didn't play a lot of events that were. Like singles events, they play a lot of team events that don't qualify for the rankings or whatever, um, and they still get selected. Uh, that that's definitely been definitely been the case, uh, especially if they're role players. Like you know, the only person who plays Horde Orcs in the country. Uh, if Horde Orcs are, if Horde Orcs are something that we think we might want, you're probably going to come in because if you're not playing Horde Orcs, you can play Play Bearers uh, or whatever it was. Um, or Razor Wing Flocks. Yeah, well, no, or you just take both, like whatever. And I mean, that year it was just Razor, Razor Wings and Storm Ravens anyway. There was nothing else, so. Fun. No, there were brimstones. Brimstones. Yes. Yeah. Did you play brimstone horde, storm raven horde, or razor wing horde? <laughs> Fun year. You missed that, Anthony. It was a truly wonderful year. There were more storm ravens than players in the hall in Salamanca. Yeah, that uh, that definitely predates my time. Every time I hear about like older forty k stuff, I'm like, man, I'm glad I started when I did, because every time it sounds like just pure unmitigated suffering. I'm just always like, oh, no, just... seventh was great. Seventh I, was great. I, I like this guy. <laughs> Seventh is great. I miss was it. Was it actually great, or was it great sometimes? It was great if you were as good. If you were as good as you are, uh, you would have loved seventh. Oh, okay. Was it one of those things where if you just played something strong, it was fine? But if you yeah, didn't, yeah. you wept. It was like, but there were at okay. one point there were so many strong armies that you were basically power creeping, power creep everywhere, yeah. and. If everything is on like Votan level, uh, yeah. then it's fine. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> if everything's on Votan <laughs> level, but it's all it's all defensive abilities, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, because no one's ever dying, so you just win the game with yeah. geometry. Yeah, to, uh, I I, <laughs> I had I think in seventh one of our Space Marine players, like there was a Life Star that build with a captain on a bike with two plus feel no pain. He actually had a mirror game. Where in total after the game they counted they lost two wounds. I, I, the, I am all constantly chasing uh, the high of seventh edition games where I didn't lose models. <laughs> it's just not a thing that happens anymore. But if you played like Centurion Death Star or whatever, you could genuinely go games without losing a model, other than like a squad of scouts. And like I am I'm still chasing that. <laughs> not not doable. No. No, not yeah. anymore. Although although Skark managed to do that at WTC. Didn't he lose two drones? 
Tyrant. He lost one drone, one drone. due to His own psychic guns, ion yeah. blasters overheating. It's still a model dead. <laughs> <laughs> what match we, um, that one against? Against Turn forty-five it. warriors from France. We turns um, out they they can get tabled by turn three. Turns out the only time <laughs> I've the only time I've ever seen a player get granted in a WTC or ETC context was Home Nations 2018, which was right before Rule of Three. Uh, we had our Eldar player with I want to say eight Crimson Hunters played against all Hurricane Boater Custodes jet bikes. And it was Ale- it was Alex Harrison against our player Ricky in Hammer and Anvil deployment, and he just f- let the custom bikes walk to the middle, flew directly over them, shot them. Custom bikes went backwards, flew directly back the way, shot them. <laughs> Didn't lose model the entire game. <laughs> yeah, th- this game has had its ups and downs. <laughs> That's a very polite yeah. way of putting. Yeah, I played. I played seven. I played eight high times that weekend, and I played against twenty-one dark hounds in three games. So, my fun, my favorite, and interact. Ask you why your hive, why your hive tyrant is labeled number three, and then you're like, oh no, 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 no don't worry it was, about it. It was seven. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. It was actually, well, it's seven on your tyrant's base. When it comes to fun games, I had a game at WTC that year. It was ETC actually back then in Salamanca, where I played my 200 Dreamstars against 400 Guardsmen. <laughs> I wanted to hang myself. Yeah, that's terrible. That sounds awful. Uh, I, w- I watched two Razorwing Flock players play that year, and I had to walk over to them and be like, Who went first? You win because the other guy's going to time out before he could walk on objectives. And then they realized that they wounded each other on fours, uh, and they were so excited because they were strength two. So Razor Wing Flock and Anthony were uh, eight attacks, strength two, full rerolls to hit and wound. Uh, no, no, no. They they had warrior skill five up, so yeah. weapon skill. So yeah, weapon skill five, strength two, full rerolls to hit and wound. Uh, the Yunkarn teleporting about and giving them a six of feel no pain. Uh, they were five seven. They were, they, were, they were seven points a model. Uh, Guide and doom. Uh, uh, no, didn't the beast, the beastmaster just gave them reroll wounds in a bubble as well? Uh, yeah, I, I think so he gave it. And yeah, it was fun. And Brimstones were toughness three at the time, so uh, tough toughness three with a four compatible save for two points. Uh. Anyway, coming back from this tangent. <laughs> oh, no, dude, you, 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 this, this is the network, man. You've got you to get used yeah. to this. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, if you're going to Coventry, uh, I, I know, Anthony, you're coming, right? I'm there. In this, yep. you are as well, right? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> it will be fun. Anyway. Hair of the uh, dog, Anthony. Bring some. Um, <laughs> then, I, as you, how, how did you approach like choosing your armies every year? Because I know teams approach it differently. Like I know US wanted to prey on knights this year. Like It was pretty obvious that you guys wanted to do that. Um, yeah. Some teams try to get what they see as top eight armies in the meta, which I think was the case with Germany. We, for example, anticipated what would be the general meta and wanted to have two counters for every kind of army in the game that we expected to do, to be present. And what is your guys' approach? Like, yeah. how, how did you guys do it? Because I, I can imagine you had to lash with people a lot. Um, 
Oh yeah, so we ended up not having Necrons this year, which was obviously not great. Uh, as uh, some teams, as, as some teams might have noticed, yeah, it wasn't so much choice as we didn't own a Silent King among the like fifteen people in the circular community, uh, and we were like, ah, I'm not buying a Silent King at twenty seven rates. You buy a Silent King at twenty seven rates. Um, so we just couldn't get our hands on it, uh, and we were like the only person that would have had the time and capacity to get that list up to. WTSK level was me and nobody was going to be able to get the nids as well um so it was just like this is a bad situation all around what we ended up, what we end up usually doing is we identify so we start by like in october we split armies out and we'll say you know here are your three armies for the year here are your three armies for the year and they'll be like you know every army will go to all the major armies so your marines your neck your tyranids your eldar will go to two players and then all the small armies like admex on one player and whatever and then if it ends up that we need to shuffle it around later we shuffle it around uh, and then we have like a couple who are just like you are on whatever we need you to be you're the team pitch this year um which usually ends up being me because uh but thankfully i was tyranids then team bitch was my order so oh, wow. <laughs> i got tyranids because yeah. um, Terranids were fucking awful in October when we assigned armies. Um, so we usually go with the approach of get the six or so armies we think are going to be the best. Um, so six or so tend end up being, you know, not Necrons this year. It was like the one army we missed from the top six. Um, and then we try to fill the gaps in with what's left. So we have, so, you know, you get your, this year you have your Terranids, you have your sisters, you have your Blood Angels, um, so on and so forth down the line. And then we went, well, what's going to fill these gaps that we can put in? And then we tried to fill it with those. We ended up going with an Agrippina, uh, the Agrippina Admech list, which was kind of the idea was that it can first defend into Terranids, which actually ended up working a bunch. But I don't know if that was just the teams we were playing against. Um, Ter people kept, we kept putting it down first defender and people would go, here's Terranids. And then we go, you see that board that has no objectives you can hide on? Uh, do you want to get shot by this army for five turns? And then we'd get like eight to ten points off the Terranids, uh, which ended up being pretty solid for us. So I actually was not unhappy with that choice. And then we had Dark Eldar as our second, which I was not happy with, but we didn't have a follow-up army. Um, I would have happily traded either of those for Necrons or Tau, um, but that just didn't end up oh, being the way Tau. it fell. Yeah, the, the Tau story is less fun. Our Tau player fully just said i do not think this army is wtc viable and i looked at him and I went, you're a very good type player sure and then he went and then he went and played sisters uh and then about day one of the w of the war masters he went to me and was like should have played time uh like, yeah i probably should have but i wasn't going to tell you that because you had fully given up on them so um yeah he was yeah, that, that's the bad. kind of thing yeah that's the kind of thing that the that people will learn after more than one year is that what works in singles and what works in teams aren't the same um, and you you said like you have mostly one player focusing on one army, so you probably do not have few guys thinking about the same army and brainstorming. Yeah. Right? So it was kind of like the armies that ended up being good this year ended up being ones that didn't have overlap. Because if you had said to me at the st in like October that we'd have needed to have two people who were prepped on Necrons, two people who were prepped on Terranids, and two people who were prepped on um, Tau, I would have said you're fucking insane because those armies are almost always not no, the three of them are almost never and you don't right. need drukari <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah. <laughs> you don't need drukari you don't need admech <laughs> yeah 
yeah. Um, so it just ends up being sometimes the way it falls when you take it when you take your approach as like is it, it backfires a little bit. Um, it's obviously it's worked in previous years because I'm just continuing the same formula that was you being used when my captain did this in 2018, 20, 2017, 2018, and 2019. Not so much 2019. We don't talk about that year. Um, it, it's it's still it's still an ongoing process. This was my first year captaining, so I'm still working out the the little things on that one. Um, I think when we see an army like Teradids doing as well as it is, I need to probably just say somebody else needs to start playing this army at least a little bit so that I can bounce off it if the needs comes up. Um, that's probably the mistake I made was just assuming that I would play Teradids and that it would be fine. Um, which, you know, I did great. <laughs> Personally, very successful <laughs> tournament. And you were doing pairings, correct? Yeah. What a coincidence, yeah? <laughs> Yeah. Well, Those to be fair, our win, condi- our, our win condition was just I win 20 nil and whatever the fuck else happens, happens. So uh, and that worked, it worked almost four times. So. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Seven uh, draws and one 20 nil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's um, a fair approach. So it ended up just being like, yes, it kind of end, ends up being that way, but you, you, the, whatever was whatever was going to happen with Terry, you kind of didn't have bad pairings this year, unless it was Skark. Um, like your pair, your page matrix could have just said Skark zero, everything else fifteen five, uh, and you probably wouldn't have been Not far Eric. wrong if you if you played Terry this year. Yeah, ah, you get a you go Eric. The Eric MU is is not good either. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and I know that now. I wouldn't have at the time. <laughs> I'd have wrote fifteen. That's true. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people didn't know it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I st- I'm, honestly, I've played 10 games with that list now and I'm still not sure I believe it. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see at LGT, right? We sure will. Um, so, yeah, I, I would definitely, if we're seeing an army that's having meta dominance and relevance for as long as Turnits did, I would probably make sure we have a backup player on that, which we will this year. Um, the, the way Team Selection is going to light up, I'm going to have four Turnit players this year. Uh, so, you know, that's a nice plus. Uh, just in time for 10th edition. So um, they will be probably nerfed to the ground. Yeah, yeah pretty much. But that's fine. I've already abandoned I've already abandoned ship like the rat I am. So um yeah, but, he's out of there. Yeah, it will so, just be a case of preparation this year will be make sure the armies that are not just the armies that are popular, because you know, we expect that we'll need two territory player, two space marine players because we probably need a melee ter- a melee marine player and a shooting marine player. Uh, we probably need two Eldar players because Eldar are almost always a relevant army and they're, one of their second armies might be good enough, so we need a second one. Uh, and then making sure that we readjust that to a four-home nations would be like, we probably need to cop, double up on the broken armies right now. Um, that probably needs to be something that just goes into our planning process now. And you were saying that you basically had those six armies ready and you were filling the gaps with like the remaining. How did you approach that? Did you like do some mock pay rings against some mock teams that you would actually? Oh, I wish. No, nobody on my team understands pairings well enough for me to do mock pairings into. It just kind of ends up with me being, you know, I have got everything as a green matchup. Um, so I kind of don't do that. I, I probably should try and get somebody better at that. Uh, mock pairings are just, we, we've always done them and I'm always sitting there and I'm like, I don't really understand the value of this. Uh, but I don't know if that's just because the, the previous captains I've worked with didn't explain it well enough i probably need to work more on that speak to some other captains about it um we've like when we do like tts rooms and stuff like that the mock pairings there is super helpful we did a bunch of those like during covid when i was actually playing tts but actually 
you know, doing what parents, not so much. But we, we kind of, I kind of went through a spreadsheet and was like, we have these armies that play this, these armies that play that, these armies that play that. What do we need an army that can play? And then I went to my guys and I was like, okay, I need you to design a Drakari army that can play into this and this. I need you to pick one of these two factions that can play into this and this, uh, because those are where the gaps in the matrix are. And then I just put in, into Terranids, I wrote, just don't. Um, you know, uh, as you do. Um, and what ended up happening was we didn't have a good enough answer for Necrons because none of us appreciated what Necrons were good at. Uh, and we didn't have a good enough answer for Tau, what ended, is what ended up happening. And then our Admech and Drakari. We were... couldn't find two counters for Tau, yep. for example, in Poland. No. We just couldn't. But we didn't have, yeah, we didn't have the option sure. of. We didn't have the option of two lists that can get a draw off them either. Um, we ended up being like, here, have our Chaos Knights. They're going to summon Furies and take banners at you and score five. That That's worked. a wishful that, thing. It worked against the fifty uh, against the uh, the 15 dresses that lose from Spain. Our Chaos Knights summoned, three, summoned two squads of Furies turn one and scored seven on banners, which is more than he'd have gotten on any other secondary. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Good for him, I guess. Like, I, I don't know if it's a strategy, but it's what we went with, and it kind of almost, it didn't work at all. We got absolutely I, I would love to hear my player but... actually, like, approach me. I know how to play this pairing. I just need to summon Furies, and I will smash this guy <laughs> five points for me. I would love to hear that. Like... <laughs> Look, I'm not saying I told, I'm not I'm not saying that he, he didn't approach me, Typhus. It's fine. I told him to summon Furies. <laughs> okay, well does it make it better or worse for you in this game? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't necessarily think I want to know. Um all I know is he was like our third high scorer that round. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we won. So our first two rounds were Germany and Spain. Uh, we won three games in two rounds. That's a rough well, couple of rounds yeah, to start rough, with. Rough, rough start. Yeah, um, it was it was real bad for morale. I'm not gonna lie. That um, that group draw was yeah, you, horrific. We were saying from like the very get go that you were in the group of death. Yeah, we ended, yep. up, we ended up beating Norway pretty convincingly, which we were happy with, which was a good way to end the group. I was glad that that was game three because we were all fucking knackered by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, um, and it, it can uplift your morale as well. Yeah. So, And honestly, Germany and Spain were both lovely to play against. I don't, we didn't have a single issue with either of the teams. But yeah, you play three games of four-hour rounds of 40k in a day, it is going to grate on you. Uh, so ending on Norway was really good for us. Uh, we went from Norway into... Oh, this is bad. I actually forget who we played. Was it Denmark? They got one win our group as well. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head what the order we played teams is. Um, but yeah, so we ended up going one and two in the group stage. Uh, but yeah, so like I said, we got we got three wins combined in the first the first two rounds, which is a really bad way to start everybody off. So like, you know, our sister's player is sitting there. He's just been hit on two 11-inch charges by a thousand sons army to lose the game, and he's like, "I wish I was playing fucking Tau." And it's like, yeah, I get it, but don't let those two eleven inch charges get to you, man. We still got five. We still got four games to play. Um, you, it's kind of it's difficult to manage that in the moment. Um, yeah, that's something that I, for one, regret during the event that as I was forced to play, um, that I couldn't just be detached from the games in a sense and see our player losing and just grab him, go for a beer, and just talk with him about something completely else. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, my coach was my coach was doing a lot of that for me, but not as much as I think I would have liked. It just we only had we only had one coach this year, so our coach was very focused on pairings and making sure we've all got yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that, and not so much on the the emotional management side of things, which is definitely definitely part of it, and it's what part of why you wanted to do on playing captain this year, right? Yeah, uh, I like. I wanted to be non-playing captain specifically because I knew there will be a lot of new faces that I could handle a lot of stuff for them. And, uh, well, uh, as Anthony clearly knows, I was very, well, non-playing captain. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, you were speaking about choosing armies. As you obviously know, like two weeks before the list submission, we were dropped with a bomb, which was definitely on the CP changes. How much did it affect you? Because for us, it was a fucking nightmare. Oh, yeah, catastrophic. Um, utter, utterly horrible. We, I think four players changed armies, three players changed everything about their army. Uh, within that, I went from playing no warriors to playing warrior spam. Um, our Hail of Doom list functionally completely changed. It should have been Harlequins anyway, but it completely changed. Uh, we ended up swapping from, yeah, <laughs> yeah I let's know. talk more Don't. about it. <laughs> At least Nick on, on that stream with Harleys oh. against Grain has shown how to not play Harleys. So, if you guys ever want to learn how to not play Harleys, you can go to Art of War. Tiffus is just Wait. down with burning all our bridges. Um, dude, Tiffus just. <laughs> Goes for the flame, dude. That's what we're here for. We do we do it too. <laughs> yeah. You're no um, better. We ended up <laughs> No, absolutely not. So our turret list changed conceptually. <laughs> our elder list got a lot weaker, and our elder list was our second or third strongest player. Uh, and he went from being a list that we used to shove people's dick to shove his dick down people's throats to a list that we had to protect in pairings, uh, which is not oh. great. Um, yeah, I know, I know, right? Like at Home Nations, he was our, you know, our second bully list with um, with Derenids. And then at WTC, right. he was protect him like a baby, um, which is, you know, not what I was prepped for. Uh, we lost, right. we ended up having our, we dropped Thousand Suns and moved Chaos Knights to a different, to that player, added in something else. We cut Grey Knights because they just didn't work under the new format as we thought. Add, and then he changed to Admech because Admech maybe got a little better, not enough. Um, and then our Drakari player was on something else before that as well. And then we had to add in sisters, and then the, obviously the Necron changes that we weren't prepped for didn't have a player ready to move on to it. Um, yeah, it was it was awful. Just it, it undid all of the prep that we had done, and that's part of the problem with the new release schedule for us. With the way our team is built, I think it might be another thing that we have to readjust for is that this system worked great when the game changed once every four once every you know, four years. Now that it's changing every three months, do we just need to change our timescales? And probably yes, to be honest. Um, I don't know if having the having everything prepped and locked in six months in advance is useful if we have to deal with Nephilim changes beforehand. Or if we, I just say that everything prepped like mid June and then Nephilim dropped. So Yeah. Right into the we garbage. Had to scrap everything. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine being one of those poor Chaos Space Marine players who uh was playing Chaos Space Marines and then not only didn't get to use their codex, but also lost Death of the False Emperor against everything. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's not yeah, the it's not anymore. I, I, I think we saw a lot of them at WDC, right? Like clearly an abundance of Chaos Space Marine players. Yeah, like, just yeah. Zaki Zero. Yeah, they were they were all whinging about how they were playing Thousand Suns. <laughs> One mids. <laughs> 
Yeah. Imagine complaining about playing Nids, man. That's just it was gross. We we had a sentiment that we actually realized after these years WTC that this was the first year for us that we had no Marines or no Chaos Space Marines in the team. Since we had we had Blood Angels. Yeah, but like it was just our like point of view. Like we realized that it's been a long time that those armies aren't at the top or like anywhere near the top. I mean that Chaos Space Marines. Did you really have Chaos Space Marines in previous years when it was like, yeah? So this is my uh, this is my cultist horde. Uh, this is definitely a Chaos Space Marine list. I mean, you guys had almost there was almost no chaos at all at the WTC besides Chaos Knights. Like, and there there was Death Guard. There was, guard. There was a bunch of thousands of the Death Guard as well. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There I weren't many you... demons, and there weren't many Chaos Space Marines. Yeah, which is perfectly saying, yeah. reasonable. Yeah, they're old codexes. There weren't many guard either. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> That's an NPC faction. They're not real. <laughs> yeah, but I would have said the same thing about Terran six months um, a year ago. So let's not make that joke too much. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, w- with the Nephilim change, um, we obviously had a lot of issues with it because we had to scrap a lot of stuff. But how did you actually approach it? Like, because I, I assume you had armies preset before Nephilim, basically, at that point. You had armies lists preset for every player. Maybe not, like, polished. Maybe you were thinking about yeah. one army. Like, what would you specifically have in the list? But how would you approach that in the sense that would you, for, for example, do, like, a tier list and so see whether... A pl- do you want... How would I or how did we? Because those are different. Both. Okay, so how I would like to have approached it is that we functionally just reset everything and we said, what are the new best armies? Let's assign those to players. Um, I think I would have had a full-on riot on my hands if I told everybody they were changing factions, uh, except me, who was still playing Terrans. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I might I might have been stabbed. Um, well, you talked about that before, right? You just wouldn't have done that. You would have given someone else news yeah. and then just... No, like, I, I should right, have done that Necrons and gone and played yeah. Necrons or whatever. Yeah, uh, which is probably... Right. I probably wouldn't have done that, to be honest. I think I would have found someone else in Necron Army and just put the whip to them uh, and just played Terranids because I had the continuation there. Um, right. And I think I needed to be our win condition this year, which is horrible to say, but I think that kind of ended up being the condition. Um, yep. What we ended up doing was... I asked everybody if they needed to change their army and then a bunch of them said yes and a bunch of them said no i'll be fine and then a bunch of them were wrong and a bunch of them were wrong in the other way as well so a bunch of people who said they were fine weren't fine and a bunch of people who said they they didn't they needed to change didn't um which was just kind of bad all around so like i said earlier we our retired player dropped out moved to sisters um we should have just left uh, we should have just had sisters and someone else. A brain dead monkey could have played that army for 12 8 every round of the WTC. Uh, 12 8 losses, of course, but eight points every round would have been done better than most of our armies did. So, eight points. <laughs> uh, and then that was, I, that the was thing, my role. That was my role at the event. The other thing I needed people to do was play more, unfortunately. Um, with the way things worked out, a lot of people on the team had kind of. They've prepared all of their leave. They've used up. They've used all of their brownie points with the wife for WTC. They don't have, you know, I got to play 30 games in Nephilim. A couple of my guys played four, less maybe, because they didn't have two weekends off to practice it. They had, you know, family commitment, family commitment away for a week. Um, 
So yeah, we just we just didn't get and enough you games. Didn't use TTS, correct? No, I, I, some of them did, some of them didn't, and the ones that didn't, it was obvious that they weren't practicing. Uh, which is just unfortunately what ended up happening was they were the players that underperformed, um, or they were some of the players that underperformed. Some of them did okay, like they did fine, but as a team we didn't do well enough because I knew they weren't practiced, so I gave them easy matchups, or um, I gave them good matchups and they got okay points but not great points. You know, all, all of the various conditions where you can get less than you should, like I put them into a matchup they should get fifteen and they get twelve, and yeah, cool, you won the game. Or I give you a matchup that you should, you know, you should get a ten in, and they get a six from me, and it's like, cool, yeah, you got six. We drew the round, we won the round. It's fine. We move on. Um, but what I noticed this year was every matchup that we had that was a coin flip, we lost, and every matchup that we had that was like a ten ten, we got an eight, and every matchup we had that was a fifteen, we got a twelve, like almost across the line. Um, it was just we we were weaker players, we were less prepared than our opponents. Um, and do you think not playing on TTS, like oh, playing yeah. on TTS would help? I, I think sure. it would. I, mean, I don't what, think what? it's... Sorry, please. I will forgive you, first of all. Second <laughs> of all, um, what I was trying to say, I think like TTS is a great thing if you have like spread community. What we actually witnessed is like, I do not feel like playing a game on TTS myself, but I would watch Vladi play against someone else in my in my team. And everyone who was watching that game, and it would be like the whole team at that point, would basically create watch parties every evening and uh, everyone would learn every you wouldn't have like just blog posts with people's conclusions you would actually have your own conclusions after watching a game so i think that's another thing that's really important because it's like another approach to knowledge sharing yeah exactly and i think that was that was a big part of it was the uh to, to use the title that our matrixing was awful this year as well uh, which is another wholly separate issue because people just didn't have matchup knowledge. Uh, matchups that they were that were easy pre Nephilim were hard post Nephilim because you couldn't just take to the last. You had to find a good secondary that wasn't stranglehold. All these kinds of things, and you know, um, people went into it and was like, "Yeah, no, I reckon I beat Necrons," and then they play Necrons for the first time in round two after they've predicted me. A, they've predicted me a green matchup, and they if uh, I think the joke the, the joke I made after the event was if I had gotten a five in every single green matchup, I would have won the tournament. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah you know <laughs> if all of our 15 predictions had brought home five points i don't think we'd have lost the round uh, <laughs> uh yeah it, so we were going we were going into ma into matchups with our matrix predicting you know like 80 to 100 points and we come out with 60 and it's like well where is the issue here and i'd look through it and i'd be like so i swung up because i pushed like a motherfucker every single other matchup swung down here or you know, one has gone, one has gone neutral, one has swung, one has swung horribly badly, and every single other one has swung a little bit down. Um, or people's matrices were just wrong. Um, so yeah, having that TTS knowledge share would have been massive for that. Uh, I think if I had been playing on TTS a little bit more, I, I could have you know played with some of my players that need a little more prep as well, uh, which is always good when you're in a position where I'm playing as well as I have been over the last year to play with more of my team. Uh, I did as much as I could physically, but what that ended up being was the four players that live within 40 minutes of me played me a shit ton, and the other four, the other three didn't play me at all, uh, or played me once or twice, uh, which isn't super helpful. Um, it, it's very, it's definitely helpful for the for the four guys who got to play me a shitload, uh, but the other guys didn't get a lot out of it, uh, which TTS would have helped a lot with. And then obviously the the other thing is the the AV8 scrims versus other teams would have been invaluable for uh, catching lists that we missed. Um, 
because we didn't get any of that. We kind of developed everything mostly in-house with speaking to a little bit of other captains uh, and watching tournament results, which is not where you really want to be when you're trying to design tournaments. We did a bunch of team events down south, um, but that ended up being the same four guys. It was, you know, me and the guys that lived near me uh, would go down for them, and the other guys wouldn't, and we would tell them what happened, but they wouldn't see what happened. So when they come to doing their matrices and trying to fill out that information, they weren't getting it right. And it would have been unfair to expect them to get it right, but I also expected them to do more practice. Right. Yeah, so so it cleanly transitions into my another question. So, so how did you decide what games do your players need to get? So what, what do they need to play test before the event? And how did you prepare into pod phase? And why am I asking this? Like I would, for in the first days after the least release, I would do like 10, 12 mock pairings every day and realize what people would probably yeah, what are people like play. playing against yeah and uh, then i would basically give a list of to every player like you should play this i need everyone to play this archetype because there were so many bloody rose sisters and they were so fucking homogeneous that you played against one you played against everyone okay. uh, so yeah All right, Let, let's get into the not flame my team, but flame my team part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> this year is the least active I've ever seen my team be after list release for WTC. To the point where I hadn't seen, normally you get the WTC list, people dive into them, you know, you read every single list, you point out, oh, look at this, look at Team, team X, let's look at Team Y's list. Oh, this is really cool. I really love this tech. Um, I opened up three. I opened up three Discord channels in our Discord, and none of them. I don't think there was a message in any of them. Like three days after this release, other than like me being like, "Here is the lists. Uh, these are the ones we need to check. This is my checks on this list." And that was for the teams we were playing in the pod phase. Um, it was frankly embarrassing how little my team seemed to give a shit about the list release this year. Um, I know that they were talking about it. They were talking about it like to me in private messages or they were talking to the like a couple of other people that they talked to a bunch like in private messages the people they practice with uh but in our like broad strokes like in our discord server in our facebook there was fuck all and it was it was really really sad honestly uh because i want to be sitting there and i'm like i want to talk about 40k 37 hours a day 12 days a week um and i want to be sitting there and i want to see that i want to see them doing that but i also want them to do it organically not with me pushing them and there was absolutely none of that this year and I couldn't get my guys to practice outside for like general terms. I could get them to practice, but practicing against something specific, I couldn't get them to do if I was like paying them money to do it. So we did a couple of practice days where we were like, okay, so we pulled up, we, did, we had three weekends in a row. We pulled up our, our like our game store. Uh, we whipped out and I pulled out, all right, everybody, you're playing Mission 13 today. I want you to play against German list. So... We, we had a couple of really good practice days where like I would whip out the German Terran list that we were playing in day one, and I'd be like, right, I want the, the three of you that are here, I want you to sit, and I want you to deploy against it, and I want the other guys to talk to you about your deployment, and then I'm going to play my turn one, and you're going to play your turn one, and we'll do it both ways, and then the second guy's going to do it, and we're going to rotate through that for a couple hours. And like doing stuff like that was super helpful, uh, and we got to we got out like the Spanish Necrons list and ran through games against that, and, you know, and we did that for a bunch of lists. We didn't do it for every list, because, you know, like you, you said, you don't need to do it for every bloody rose sister list. You don't need to do it for, um, you know, the standard bloody list. But getting out the weird lists and getting practice into them 
was super helpful for us. And those were really good. And the guys that were doing that, the guys that were at those practice days, did a lot better in rounds one and one, two and three. Uh, we didn't, I'm not going to be honest, we didn't practice for Norway over much because we a little bit mentally wrote that round off. It's like, we will probably win this if we think we're good. Um, and we did, uh, but it was closer than I would have liked. So maybe we weren't as good as we thought they were. That would uh, not be surprising. Uh, I don't know if anybody's shocked at that. Um, so yeah, we did a lot of practice for round one and round two. We basically didn't look at lists outside of pods because we didn't know how good we were going to do outside of pods. It's not like we were, you know, we're England, Poland, Germany, where we can be like, we're probably going to play the other teams that we expect to win the tournament. We could have literally been playing fucking anyone because we could have gone like, if we if we had done well and beaten Spain, lost to Germany, beaten Norway, we pop out in the two and ones. You know, we play <laughs> any number of teams, or yeah. we pop out in one and two and we play any number of teams. So like, yeah, yeah. Um, but Fair. we didn't do matrixes for every team we played against. Um, not gonna lie, I didn't either. But that's because I did my matrixes for like we split the teams into three. I did my matrixes for all the teams that I classed as green teams, which was the teams in our pod and the other teams that I thought were like. The best teams at the event that i was like we need a matrix and i need to prep into these and then i did that and then three days after the deadline for that i was chasing people for it and i was like i'm not that fucked anymore and i kind of just stopped chasing people for it because they weren't doing it organically and you don't want to i just didn't want to push them for that because if they're not giving it they're not doing it seriously i don't i don't need them to do their matrix uh what then right. was we ended up doing matrix just during lunch from scratch um like for for round seven against austria we did our matrix during round seven against austria uh, I'm like, come over and tell me what your matrix is so I can pair it. Uh, it, it. It was a shit show. It really was. Uh, and I'm disappointed in that because that reflects on me as a captain. Uh, I don't think I organized the team well enough this year. I don't think I engendered that community where we wanted to talk about that stuff. And I don't know if that was something I did wrong or just something that the culture didn't support. Because in previous years, we had guys who've been doing this for 10 years and they all know what the process is. This year, it was new guys and... I don't know. We just didn't click right. But um, you didn't have an issue with that, for example, for home nations, right? Was it like purely for WTC or was it like... It was a little bit for home nations. Like getting them to actually... Getting people to fill out matrices is always a fucking chore. I'm sure you're fully aware of that. Um, we had 20 filled by first week after... I'm talking to Anthony. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Well. I was like, God damn, son. <laughs> uh, yeah, our matrix was a shit show that made me infuriated every time I looked at it. And I constantly had to go in and be like, hey, so that's not even vaguely close to real. Um, specifically for. Yeah, you had, for example, craft words as green against Harley's, right? Yeah, wasn't if it's, it's, has he told you the insanity of the American parents matrix where they predict an exact score? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like they have to go in and predict seventeen three or eighteen two, man. Like they gotta they gotta go precise. Yeah, that that's something that we've done like in two thousand ten, <laughs> when the game was out of twenty points and you could predict it exactly on turn one based on the mission you were playing, <laughs> and you had points for killing models and you scored twenty in your system based on how many models points in models you kill yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, i'm gonna yeah. table you cool thank you um so, yeah so yeah no, it was surprise to no one that didn't work well uh yeah we just had a lot of like meta reads that were wrong because there was a like you talk about doing things in-house like we literally did it like our our stuff came out of a house like one of them so there was not 
necessarily a lot of thought bubble penetration that happened. So there was a lot of like learning on the fly at the event that happened. Uh, and Which that was is not of... great because you don't get a lot of time to adapt between rounds when you're trying to eat lunch and also recover the guy who's crying in but the corner. I think that actually applied to everyone I spoke to. Yeah, sure. most most teams it was that was the because case. you have your own preconceptions that you've boiled for months at this point, right? And they get broken so easily with just one matchup or one of your coaches watching a, a matchup from another team, like was. It was in our case. We had a lot of spying going on. Right. And we were quite surprised that some matchups actually went completely different than we anticipated. Yeah, our yeah. biggest issue is that our pod just reaffirmed a lot of what the incorrect stances were. Because we won by, like, really large margins in a lot of our pod games. So people were like, dude, easy, we got this, we were right, no problem. And then we played, like, England, like, again, it was fine. Then we played the Aussies. And it was not. And we played you guys. And it was not. And, you know, the Germans didn't go great either. And that was kind of the experience of the U.S. team. <laughs> you sailed the highest highs and the lowest lows. Every year, America is almost always like, do you remember like every every single year you look at the WG stands and the entity one in America is at the top because they played two nobody teams? It's almost, almost every year, America is top after day, uh, after day one. And then they play like events, baby. We crush them, crush yeah. them randoms. <laughs> and then almost every year, you look at them after day, day two, and they're they're two and two. Yep. <laughs> at least they are consistent, right? That's right. <laughs> they did win that one year. Like I can't slide them off too much. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, come on, we with, can. They brought three Tesseract vaults and one. I like. I'm proud of that. Like, well done, heroes. True heroes. Those people that year. Yeah, congratulations to Warner for flying with those, buddy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I actually think if they're if you can open them, you can fit a lot of your clothes inside. So <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you use the Tesseract vault as the luggage. As the yes, pack. exactly. Yeah. Like okay. a lot of pants, socks getting there. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> wrap them around the guitar. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, it's the sky. It's the sky falling socks, mate. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very advanced Tetris, basically. Anti-matter yeah. thunderwear. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I have any questions actually anymore. I've run through you all of mine. Cool. You have you have something, Anthony? Yeah, just so like we know how you feel now. We know how you felt then. Like, what are, like, some of the things that you're looking forward to for next year? Oh, mate, we're going to fuck everybody up next year. I cannot wait. I have got, like, five players now who have gone through the gauntlet for a year at their first time and are like, all right, I know what the fuck i got to do this year. Like, Brian is so fucking ready for this year already. He's, like, not even, like, remotely part of the team yet. And he's like, yeah, so th we need to develop this player and this player. This player needs to do this. This player needs to go to these events. You need to take this guy to Battle of Britain. This guy needs to get into team events. This guy needs to go to practice days. And I'm like, you could organize as much of that as you want, buddy. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris came on board for the vice captaining after his first year. Matty is just getting better. Um, I've got a couple of guys like Simon and that who are now – Simon got picked to coach one year and then ended up um, – so part of the 2019 story that I'll briefly tell, we had a player drop on the Thursday before the event I feel on the you. Friday. Um, I feel yeah, no, you. I know. Um, 
So we we pulled our coach in and was like, um, here's our Mortarian army. Good luck. We shouldn't have had a Mortarian army for starters, but also you've never played this before. Go have fun. Um, he didn't. <laughs> so he got to, he got his first chance playing this year. He was the unfortunately the one that got his Halo Doom army pulled up pulled the pulled the rug out of our room. So he didn't have quite the year he was hoping. And I think he's he's probably plays the most of any of us. Uh, so I think he's now in the situation where he's like, I'm like next year. I think he's going to be sorted. I hopefully don't get any worse. Uh, I am I am ready for next year. And we've got like four players who have come out of the woodwork this year that are looking to get involved that can maybe pick up some of those slots if anybody uh, anybody who's on the team this year isn't feeling it or doesn't make the cut. Um, I am looking forward to it. Fuck yeah, man. We can do it. Anything We've done it once. Uh, we can do it again. That's right. Hell yeah. Anything that you want to... Uh, that's uh, the attitude you should have. Yeah, 100%. Oh, you got to go in with confidence, right? Or you're not going to go in at all. <laughs> Plus, we're playing 10th um, edition. Who the fuck else is going to happen? Who the fuck knows? Not me, that's for sure. sure. Um, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. Uh... Yeah, so is there, I mean, obviously you're on this fucking network, so there's probably not a yeah. whole lot you want to plug uh, to the network. I can, pl- I can do the outro uh, for you if you want, but I think you should have to do it. Any, anything you want to say on the way out, champ? Fuck it. Everybody who was on Team Scotland this year, I know I've just spent an hour being a bit down on you guys. You guys performed like fucking troopers, and I'm so proud of all of you guys for coming out and giving it your best, even if it wasn't what we were looking for. Um, sorry if you feel like I've called you out on this one. Drop me a message. We can talk about it. Um, thank you to our coach who drank a litre of vodka on the win- on the Tuesday before the event. I know. Passed out. Uh, I know. I still can't believe you did that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he literally approached me on, on Thursday. He approached me like, oh, Typhus, it's so nice to see you. Then 30 minutes later, he comes back as surprised as first time. Like, oh, Typhus, it's so nice to see you. Like, he literally <laughs> forgot within 30 minutes. And then 30 minutes later, drunk. he was passed out at a table. <laughs> um, boy, boy drank like a Russian to make up for them not being there. I cannot wait for next year. Uh, if you have not been to a WT, and then for everybody else who's listening, if you've not been to a WT before, try and get involved with your local community. It is the best experience I've ever for 4K. This was the best event I did this year, despite the fact that it was the worst I've done at an event this year uh, by a significant margin. Um, I don't care. It was worth it, and I'll be back next year. Uh, like the can community and like brotherhood you feel there is outstanding. It's... Yeah, the... Something it's else. like nothing I've and I ref- done in 40 I refuse to let Chris Haynes do better than me ever again. There you go. That'll show him. Fight the Canadians. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Thank you for listening. This was a bit of stat check bonus content. Obviously, if you like us, check it out. Check us out on Patreon. Check us out at the website. There will be links in the description. I'm not going to do them and butcher them. Uh, thanks for listening again. Have a great night. Thank you.